Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Billboard Chartbeat Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hi, guys. It's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. In uh, New York, which is now snow-covered uh, here in uh, December as we get towards the holidays. And uh, we're doing a best of episode uh, this week, the best of 2017. So, uh best of the charts, and some of the best of guests that we had uh, throughout the year uh, here on the podcast. So uh, we're going to flash back uh, over some of the highlights of the charts in 2017, chart headlines. We're also going to count down uh, the entire Hot 100 of the year, from number 100 uh, to number one. That's coming up uh, at the end of the podcast. Year-end charts are now on Billboard.com, so you can scroll through uh, all the different charts uh, overall, Hot 100, Billboard 200, uh, different genres. So all up uh, now on Billboard.com this week. Uh, And as usual, uh, we will look at this week's Hot 100 uh, Top 10, new number one this week. Uh, So we'll talk about that. And uh, a couple of our favorites as well. We'll share our favorites for 2017. So... Let's get into this week's top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 from number 10 to number 1. 10, 9, 
gang, Gucci 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 gang, spent three racks on new chain. My bitch love do cocaine. Ooh, I fuck a bitch, I forgot name. Yeah, I can't buy no bitch no way to rank. Number and number one dancing in the dark with you between my arms barefoot on the grass while listening to and for a ninth week in a what? Whoa! That's not Rockstar at number one. What is going on? We have a new number one hit on Hot 100 this week. That is indeed, as you just heard, Ed Sheeran's "Perfect." Now in its um, new and improved form, some some could say, with Beyonce, an official duet with Beyonce. Uh, so yes, Ed Sheeran number one this week, um, knocking out. At least for the moment, Post Malone's Rockstar, Post Malone's Rockstar, featuring Twenty One Savage. After eight weeks on top, uh, Ed Sheeran. A couple things with this kind of fun of fun. Um, as you guys will remember, Ed Sheeran really started off the first quarter of the year very strongly. Shape of You being a number one hit for twelve weeks at the top of the year. Now, sort of bookending his year perfectly with a with another number one. Uh, becomes the only lead artist in twenty seventeen to have two number one hits on the hot 100 so something that's, that was so common you know in, in in days before becoming much more rare now uh with shape of you and perfect ed sheeran's divide actually is the first album to have multiple number one hits on the hot 100 since justin bieber's purpose spun off three back in 2015-16 and speaking of beyonce of course she is also back in the number one spot this week on the hot 100 and, and it's been a while something that uh, I know the Beehive is is loyal and they're always dedicated and believing, but you know I think a lot of pop observers started to think that maybe Beyonce's time at the top of the singles chart was was kind of over. She focused more, you know, on cohesive albums and and, and visual projects, and you know really has re- rescinded her media interviews and those kind of things that you kind of need week by week to get a song to number one. But um, she's per usual found a new path and trailblazed a, a sort of a new way up there. And Beyonce being number one this week on the Hot 100 for the first time since the song Single Ladies back in 2008 and 2009. So we're talking um, really just about nine years, um, give or take a couple of weeks, since we saw Beyonce hit number one on the Hot 100 with, with a new song. I kind of look at it in, in sports terms because a lot of times uh, the charts are, are kind of similar to, to following sports. And you know, as much as uh, a lot of times we get hung up on uh, most number ones or, or mosts in any category, uh, span of number ones is, is really telling about a, a career overall and longevity. Uh, kind of like how I, I equate it to uh, the Patriots won their first three Super Bowls in a very quick span in the early 2000s. But then they didn't win another one uh, until uh, the last couple of years. Now they've won two out of the last three. But you had that span in the middle where it, it kind of seemed like uh, yeah, if you don't win at all, you kind of wonder, did, did they just have a quick peak for a little bit? And to come back years later and, and 
be number one, whether it's uh, on the charts or in sports, kind of shows that, uh, yeah, for over a decade, you were able to do that. Now Beyonce has done that. She was uh, so huge, uh, number one in the 90s with Destiny's Child, number one in the 2000s several times, both solo and with Destiny's Child, and now 2017, she's number one again. That's given you almost 20 years of she knows how to get to number one. And uh, one more sort of longevity stat to go off of that. We mentioned a little earlier that Beyonce, the last time she was number one, was with the song Single Ladies. That was in December 2008 when that kicked off. Just a few months before that, we had seen another longevity streak in. Um, they're kind of tied together. So Beyonce, having gone just under nine years between number one hits, uh, the last female lead artist to do to do a longer span than that was Britney Spears, right. whose Womanizer was number one uh, in October 2008, which was her first time at the top since Baby One More Time. So uh, Britney, of course, had hits uh, off the debut album. She had another top 10. Oops, I Did It Again was top 10. Uh, but then, I, I mean, I guess it's part of a larger cultural shift. You know, it was sort of the time of, of, of when sales hit rock bottom and and airplay became such a bigger thing and and then she kind of got swept off in that wave of you know the, in the mid-2000s when hip-hop and r&b really took over the right. airwaves um you know really hard to get sort of a mass appeal traction behind a lot of those pop songs that of course we britney had plenty of personal struggles um in in that 2004 2007 range and she uh, was so young when she debuted so you're you know all that time away she was uh, just entering her 20s so there's just personal growth was a part of it too yeah and i mean of course we saw you know very public breakups and when you're the biggest pop star in the world as britney you know certainly was um i mean that that pressure can be crazy and and we saw you know how it took a toll on her really and then you know i'll say this honestly when, when womanizer came out and she bounced back to number one i mean to me that's probably the most impressive part of that whole britney spears saga i everybody i mean you know i know people out there now in hindsight will swear it's not true i think everybody thought britney spears was done there's no way you can you know be back on top the way you were before and and between, you know, that, that one year cycle between that VMA's performance of Gimme More, where everyone was really thought, you know, this is rock bottom, this is her career on suicide, you know, on national television. Then to come back the next year looking, you know, as great as she did, with music that sounded as good as she did, that was received as well as it did, you know, that just goes to show that people are always rooting for Britney Spears out there. But when they finally got the right kind of material, I think, you know, it, it, made, it made a point. But of course, you know, there's there's a great Britney Beyonce tie-in for a lot of the uh, two of the strongest fandoms out there. And uh, what's the biggest difference to you between uh, the Ed solo version of Perfect and the new duet version? Uh, it's it's the the British waves of saying the line or the word grass. Ed Sheeran says it very Britishly. Grass. Beyonce. This is grass. Look at the grass. Well, she doesn't have that same. Yeah, doesn't have that same. Grass. Okay. Grass. Yeah. See, Gary be, you know, listening to these songs, just pinpointing them down to the very, you know, I mean, syllabic pronunciation. Well, it's always, it's always said how uh, British acts sing in, in, without a British accent. They'll, they'll, you'll hear them in an interview and they sound all British and yeah. then they sing and you don't hear it. So it's certainly kind of Adele. Yeah. Falls yeah. In camp. So it's kind of interesting when you actually hear Ed Sheeran sing with that kind of an accent. And then obviously Beyonce does it. I like it. Um, we'll throw out one last fun fact for, for duet fans out there. Uh, First time in the entire 2010s decade, we have a duet sitting at number one. Duets, which, you know, used to be such a staple of, of pop music. 
took a long time. The last time we had a duet was uh, 2009 with J Beyonce husband, Jay-Z, uh, and Alicia Keys doing Empire State of Mind. And duet, of course, in this case means equal build male and female artist. Right. We, we know Jay-Z doesn't sing, so some people will say, well, how can it be a duet if he doesn't sing? That's that's our definition of duet for the day. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, duets, Ed Sheeran, how about uh, another duet partner? Uh, Billboard Zone, Kevin Kenny uh, for Billboard News and our Facebook Live uh, Top 10 Countdown. Uh, Kevin was talking to Ed. He was uh, in town for uh, iHeart Radio uh, Z100's Jingle Ball, uh, talking about Perfect going to number one. Here's just a, a quick clip uh, of uh, Ed Sheeran talking about that. The song you have, Perfect. Now, you know how this game works. We can't call it till it's over. It's like baseball or sports or whatever. But it's looking like you're going to have the number one song in America, Perfect the Duet with yeah. Beyonce. How's that feel? I mean, really fucking cool, to be honest. Like, to... As I said, the year, like, you, I started the year with my first ever Hot 100 number one with Shape, and I'm ending the year with my second ever Hot 100 number one. And I think it's like, especially now in, like, these streaming times, it's so... And albums basically go up and down so quickly, and it's so hard to have campaigns nowadays. So to be able to have an album that came out in March and it's still top ten and still having a hit single like Perfect is, like... I mean, I just have to kind of give it up for Atlantic Records. I mean, they're very, like, very, very, very good at their jobs. Congratulations on a successful year. Thank Ed. you. Ed Sheeran with Billboard's Kevin Kenny uh, talking about going to number one. So uh, we're talking about this week's charts on the Hot 100. We're talking about the year's uh, charts as well for 2017, now that all our year-end charts are up. So uh, Ed Sheeran uh, works out great. He's number one on the Hot 100 this week. He's the number one artist of the year overall for 2017. Uh, and Shape of You is the Hot 100 number one song of the year. Uh, so that's actually pretty rare uh, for a male artist to be number one artist of the year and have the top Hot 100 song of the year. Uh, first male to do that since Usher back in 2004. So it's been 13 years. Uh, Adele had done that in uh, 2011, uh, last person overall. But we're uh, talking about someone who was just uh, so big uh, from the song, also the album Divide as the number four album of the year. So just a total uh, year-end uh, domination. Uh, actually, it was Ed, uh, Adele, 2011, Usher, 2004. Uh, three other acts have had uh, the number one uh, artist ranking of the year and the number one Hot 100 song of the year, uh, going back to 1981 when the artist uh, ranking started, uh, 50 Cent in 2003, Ace of Bass. 1994, The Sign, some of the other hits they had. And uh, George Michael, 1988, Faith, the album, Faith, the single. So uh, pretty rare company uh, for Ed Sheeran to be in, but doesn't feel that surprising at the end of the year for how big he's been throughout 2017. One of my friends had a great tweet, I thought, this year when she was saying, um, you know, if you go to the grocery store and you don't hear Ed Sheeran shape of you, yeah. do your groceries actually even count? <laughs> like, are you, are you, are you living in real life if, if you don't hear that song in the story? Yeah, it's one of those things where you just... You know, it was sort of an inescapable hit that was just, it hit one of those one of those centers where it was, like I said, you know, good enough for the grocery store, but good enough for Top 40 Radio, but good enough for, you know, actual people to seek out and listen to, good enough for background music, foreground music. So, um, you know, it, it really was one of those those ubiquitous hits that just came together in the right moment. And as we can see, you know, I mean, literally the song that you heard all year. Uh, 12 weeks at number one, uh, 33 weeks in the top 10 on the Hot 100. That's a record all time. So it's that longevity that helped it uh, be number one. And, and also the fact that it came out early in the year. It was on the chart uh, throughout uh, the year. It's still in the top 25 now. Here we are in uh, December. As long as it's 48th week on the Hot 100. And it's just continuing uh, to be so huge. So uh, number one song of the year uh, for Ed Sheeran. Here's a cool stat, too, that, that I really like. Uh, 
we talked about some of these other artists who've uh, had the number one song uh, and been number one artist of the year. Uh, Ed Sheeran uh, did something this year no one else has ever done in the Hot 100's entire history. Right, going back to 1958, uh, he co-wrote this year's number one song of the year, His Own Shape of You. Uh, he also co-wrote last year's number one song of the year, Love Yourself, uh, performed by Justin Bieber. No one else ever has co-written or written uh, the number one song of the year in back-to-back years. So never mind uh, Ed Sheeran, the artist, Ed Sheeran, the writer, did something that's never been done before. Just goes to show he's a man of many, many talents. All right, so we had John McMahon, a VP promotion for Atlantic Records on a couple times this year, and we asked him if uh, he thought, or the label Atlantic Records thought, the song would be as big as it was. Obviously, Ed Sheeran's a huge name, but he'd been away personally for a little bit. He took some some time off, came back. And the uh, the dreaded social media hiatus. Right. And you never know how that's going to play. It, it obviously uh, worked out great. Here's what John uh, told us uh, on the podcast. Everyone felt that was going to be a monster hit, a monster hit. Everyone that we, you know, we rolled it out on January 6th and, um, you know, being that we had just got back into the office on, I think, January 3rd, it wasn't like we had time to go out and play it for people and set it up. It was it was one of those, here we go. You, you know, you hit play, hit go, and go. And um, it went on every station right out of the gate, across the board, and instantly reacted. You know, he was off social media. He was off the grid for a year. Remember, right. he just totally unplugged. And when he came back, his fans were dying to have new music from Ed. And then um, he made a magic song. But um, Ed is just one of the greatest artists ever on Atlantic Records. John McMahon from Atlantic Records on the Billboard Charpy podcast talking about uh, all the success for uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, Atlantic Records, this year, uh, back on the podcast a little while ago. Uh, so number one, Ed Sheeran, uh, Hot 100 for the year with Shape of You. It beats out Despacito at number two. So c- kind of interesting how, uh, how it works out. Uh, Despacito tied the record for most weeks at number one ever on the Hot 100. 16 weeks uh, tied One Sweet Day, Mariah Carey Boys to Men, 1995-96. And, and the way it just happens to, to work out, uh, Despacito is the number two song of the year. One Sweet Day was the number two song of the year for 1996. So the two songs that have the record uh, for most weeks at number one on the weekly Hot 100 weren't even the number one song of their respective years. So Despacito uh, is uh, number two behind Shape of You. Uh, Macarena was number one for 1996 by Los Del Rio over One Sweet Day. And kind of that interesting tie-in of how uh, this Latin hit is number two this year, but it was actually a Latin hit uh, for 1996. So the whole kind of tie-in. Uh, again, longevity is, is what plays into it. Uh, back then in 96, it was uh, a longer chart run for Macarena. That's what helped push it. Over uh, One Sweet Day this year, same kind of thing. Ed Sheeran was just a little bit bigger, a little bit uh, higher uh, on the chart longevity than Despacito. And earlier this year, we actually had one of the architects behind the Bayside Boys mix, which was the version that that took it from a Latin hit into a U.S. and global phenomenon. Jammin' Johnny Caride, a DJ down in Miami, here to talk with us. Uh, when we were talking to him, then we spoke in particular, of course, about Macarena on its anniversary. And as Despacito was really hot this summer, talking about the competition kind of between the songs at the top of the charts, which would go on to be sort of the bigger Latin-based hit. And uh, he was actually very, very friendly with that. He's very excited to see another Latin song doing you know, so well and, and really getting into these historic markers. And here he is to remind us um, in particular about what it was like this summer when we were watching Macarena and Despacito duel it out for that top honor. 
And I got to interview Daddy Yankee, and I told him, I said, listen, I hope, I, I mean, I hope you guys do well, but don't break my record. And he looked at me, and, I, and he goes, you, yeah, I go, I was the one, one of the third that did that, you know, that song. And he's like, wow, he was in shock. And, and it was, and it's just amazing how we got together and we talked about that, and 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 look where it's at now with Espacito. It just keeps on doing well. Yeah, we've been talking about that. How it looks like it it could be getting close to the record, the sixteen week, uh, the fourteen weeks of, of Macarena, but the sixteen weeks for uh, for one sweet day. So it's kind of funny that the two of you were talking about that, and it could be could be head to head competition coming up pretty soon. Definitely. You'll be okay if it does pass it. Would you gracefully pass the baton if if that does happen? Daddy Yankee gonna come back I, and rub it in your face. I think that that we all have to accept the fact that 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 records are meant to be broken, and um, the fact that we were up there as long as we were, literally twenty one years. You know, so records are meant to be broken, and and if it's somebody that like like a Daddy Yankee and Louis Fonsi, and uh, and the whole crew that put that song together, which I happen to know them all, um, they, they're good people. So I, I'm honored that it was them that broke it. All right. Again, uh, Jim and Johnny Caride down in Miami. Uh, I guess I guess we'll have to see you know where Despacito kind of lands on, on the all-time list. Uh, so uh, 34 weeks at number one, Sam Hunt, Body Like a Back Road. It's the number eight song of the year on the Hot 100. Uh, record-setting run on the Hot Country Songs chart. 34 weeks at number one, uh, blasted past uh, the previous record, Cruise, uh, for Florida Georgia Line. 24 weeks in 2012 and 2013 so uh i'm looking at, at sam hunt being in the year end hot 100 top 10 when was the last time there was a song by a male country artist in the year end hot 100 top 10 so dual searching uh last time there was even a country song at all in in the top 10 for the year end was 2013 cruise it was number nine for the year so uh, body like a back road finishes a notch higher so at that point what's what's the last higher year end a song by a country male uh, look back so uh, 2010, before Cruise, uh, we had uh, Need You Now, Lady Antebellum, was number two for the year, but that's a group, female uh, and male lead vocals. Uh, 2009, Taylor Swift, when she was still originally country, Love Story, was number five for the year. 2007, another female artist, Carrie Underwood, Before He Cheats, was number six. If we go back to 2000, Faith Hill Breathe is actually the number one song of the year. It was a number two Hot 100 hit. Again, longevity had uh, such a long run uh, high on the Hot 100 that actually a number two song, uh, Peking, uh, was actually the number one song of the year. So so another woman that was number one uh, for 2000. Uh, also Lone Star Country Group was number eight that year. Uh, go back to the 90s, 1998. Uh, two country songs in the top ten for 1998. Both women. Uh, Shania Twain, You're Still the One, was number three. Leanne Rimes, How Do I Live, was number five. And uh, that song was so big for... Uh, Parts of two years. It was number five for 1998. It had been number seven for 1997. So that's how big uh, How Do I Live was. Have we still not answered this question? We still haven't. No. So we're going to go back further. The last time until Sam Hunt this year that a male artist, a solo male, was in the year-end, Hot 100 Top 10, country, solo male, Kenny Rogers, Lady, 1981, 36 years ago. Lady. I'm your knight in shining armor, and I love you. You have made me what I am, and I am yours. A Lionel Richie pinned lady. Right. It kind of a tie in there. Wow. The pop crossover. So Lionel Richie uh, writing a hit for country, bringing his, his pop R&B sensibility. 
This year, Sam Hunt, by the like a back road, huge pop hit, adult hit. Same kind of thing. Obviously, if you're going to be that big, it's going to be a crossover. So, uh, yeah, in 1992, Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, Achy Breaky Heart was kind of close to the top 10, but it, it finished just outside the top 10. So uh, for a long time, women, uh, even though nowadays we've talked a lot about how women just aren't breaking through a country, for many years, those were the biggest hits, Taylor Swift, Carrie Underwood, Faith Hill, uh, Shania, some of those acts, but been a long time since a male the country did what Sam Hunt did this year. Well, it seems like there's been a lot of what male stars around... In just in country and just some of the biggest names we know, whether it's, um, I mean, since Kenny's time, I mean, there's been Garth and there's been Tim McGraw and there's been Kenny Chesney and, 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 and Toby Keith and all these kind of guys. straight all through the years. G- G- old George hanging on as well. Um, it was funny that, yeah, the women, the women cross over easier than the men, but I guess in a sense, like, but in the realm, it's still maybe like the men who are bigger in the country world, but the women cross over better. Yeah. But I mean, wow, since, I mean, 36 years, that is, I, I didn't think it would be that far. So how did the song become such a big hit? What was what was behind it sonically? Uh, a couple of our favorite guests who, who we have on from time to time, and they'll, they'll be back again uh, in the new year on the podcast. Uh, hit Songs Deconstructed, the uh, team of Dave and Yael Penn, they uh, break down uh, uh, the, the songwriting, the production behind uh, hits in the Hot 100s top 10 like nobody else. So uh, when Body Like a Back Road was huge, uh, we had them on uh, the podcast in July. Uh, here's Dave Penn talking about what he saw in breaking down the song uh, analytically of why the song became so big and, and now uh, is a year-end top 10 Hot 100 hit. <laughs> So that's what it's really all about, you know, and not just with hooks, but hit songs in general. It's about reinforcing key aspects of a song in the listener's head without them becoming overly monotonous in the process. And that's what Body Like a Back Road does so well. It's very memorable, but it's not overly redundant. It's kind of what you uh, mentioned last time you were here about Ed Sheeran, how it kind of takes all the main hooks throws them out there at the end and, and that's what you're left with that that impact the hook fest yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other it's all thing, about the hook right, fest <laughs> and the other thing that, that hits me dave is how i feel like you we mentioned so much pop and hip-hop we're talking about this song and it's you know we were saying it's a record-setting country number one hit i feel like yeah. the, the country element really comes in from from some of the lyrics from you know back road absolutely like that's kind of what keeps it country because the rest of it not, not a whole lot of traditional country well and his vocal has a little bit of a southern drawl to it, but also definitely, you know, like R&B influences right. as well. And then you got the pedal steel and all those other influences that provide the country kind of embellishments. Dave Penn on the Billboard Sharpie podcast from July talking about Body Like a Back Road. So just a few of our guests uh, through the year uh, we heard here on the podcast. Uh, that's what that this podcast is, uh, is about, uh, talking uh, to a lot of times the people maybe behind the scenes, uh, but who uh, help make songs hits, like record executives, uh, program directors, songwriters, uh, producers, uh, and, and analysts like uh, Dave and Yal Penn. So uh, looking at why, uh, what's on the charts, uh, they, they do that uh, so great. So uh, they'll be back uh, on the podcast uh, coming up. So that's a little snapshot of, uh, of the Hot 100 this year, uh, the most successful songs. So uh, I guess it, it's fair. We want to be negative, but it's also fair, which we're looking at everything that happened this year. There were... On the other side, there there were some acts who maybe we thought would uh, have a chance to be way up uh, high uh, on the year-end uh, Hot 100 Top 10, some of the other charts, and uh, maybe based on their prior success, fell short of that in 2017. I guess it's fair to, to at least mention that, right, Trevor? 
<laughs> this is the shady part of the podcast. Uh, just not, no, there's no shade. Well, there's no shade at all. But I think in particular, you know, this, this is one of those things that I think is, is a great example of the idea that music is a moving target. I mean, what was what was hot last year is not necessarily going to be hot this year. What was hot this year will not necessarily be hot next year. And I think for some of those people who take a few years in between albums to develop, I mean, the sound moves on, and then you you find yourself kind of kind of caught behind the times. I mean, with with Latin music in particular, we saw Despacito, Mi Gente, um, even songs that aren't particularly Spanish driven, but but Spanish influenced, uh, Havana. So that seems to be the, the the music of the moment. I mean, just what. If even a year ago, 16 months ago, 18 months ago, we were all talking about Trap House, right. how Trap House, I mean, imagine if someone came out with a Trap House song, song today, it probably wouldn't do quite as well. It probably wouldn't mesh in the same kind of, um, whether it's, you know, the, the, the sort of low-key, down-tempo hip-hop or this Latin fusion, maybe a Trap House record would get a little bit lost. Yeah, when might, 18 might, months ago, it would have been a surefire right. hit. Right. It just probably been played out at this point. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think to that point, yeah, there are definitely a few artists, I think, who who found themselves kind of in that mix. In particular, I think, as pop moved on. I mean, kind of the, the same sort of sonic pure pop of 2014, 2015 was not the sound of 2017. Um, I mean, probably the biggest example of, of, of a pop misfire this year, I would say, uh, with the Katy Perry album, um, none of the sing. I mean, we had, Change of the Rhythm was a top 10 hit when it came out. Right. Um, didn't quite have the same legs. As I, as per previous singles, she'd always had a, the lead single from her album go to number one. So this one stalling at number four was maybe a little bit, bit of a bellwether. And then with Bon Appetit, Swish Swish, none of those quite catching on, you know, the way I think that that people would have hoped. Yeah, and, you know, I think part of Change of the Rhythm is, uh, you know, it was pretty obvious. It was politically minded for sure. And, and, and you know, coming out uh, when uh, for a lot of people it was very fresh. Uh, if, if if their side lost the election, I'm not sure. Uh, people well, of who, course, Katie being one of right, the vocal say, supporters of Hillary People Clinton. on that side you know, maybe didn't want to relive what happened in, in kind, of a, kind of a dark sound. So maybe it was just sort of a reminder of, of what happened and mm-hmm. yeah, probably didn't help it. Uh, no, no. And then, I, I mean, it, it seems like, again, with Swish Swish and some of these Taylor Swift things that have been, you know, generating for a, a while. I mean, Taylor got the same kind of blowback with, with, with her lead single. Um, it was just that maybe you know this this stuff feels so old like it's it's we've seen this play out for the past couple of years in the media we need something something new I think it's just it's fairly obvious that the songs just weren't on the same level these Katy Perry singles as some of her prior hits I think uh, yeah she just didn't live up to the very high standards uh, song quality wise that she uh, put out before yeah and I mean and that's never a knock you know for, I I was I always really do appreciate better when somebody tries something different a different lane you know there's nothing sort of worse than you doing album one and album 1.0 and album 2.0 and album 9.0. Um, so I, I do give her the props, but of course you do wonder sort of how this rejiggers the conversation for her next album going forward, whenever that may be. And um, how to respond to that kind of in the same camp. I think um, Lord a little bit kind of caught people by surprise, I guess with um, interesting that the album has been received critically, hugely, you know, well response. Uh, up for album of the year at the Grammys in just a few weeks out of here. Greenlight, though, I think people were maybe pinning bigger expectations on the song. Maybe a little unfair. People thought maybe she was in this superstar echelon well, that she, that she debuted with a nine week number one in Royals. So. Yeah, I mean yeah. It, it's it's yeah. There's very I mean anything you know from that is going to be hard to measure up to. But um, I mean I wonder you know I think. I think I think the critical hopefully will redeem this album in the long run and maybe people. Had bigger commercial expectations for. You know, that's my biggest uh, mystery miss 
of the year of why Greenlight wasn't a hit. When I first heard that, that it's a great hook, great song. It's yeah. just it's up tempo. It's fun. I that to me, I I'm, I think throughout the year, I was I think I was surprised the most of, of any song this year that didn't become a huge lasting hit. Uh, that one uh, I would have expected to be a maybe even a number one hit. Yeah, I, maybe people I don't know. Do they want do they want Moody Lord? But it's odd because the right. album's getting such a good. I mean. I don't know. I mean, that's that, that hey, you know, kind of a weird one. What's but. weird too is, is alternative radio. It was a top ten hit at alternative, but pop radio didn't do a lot with it. And you would think alternative would want something a little darker, but yeah, alternative. To, so this is just kind of well. I mean, I felt like it was tailor made for a pop. I mean, this right. was you know Jack Antonoff, you know, right. behind the scenes and kind of. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Kind of interesting how that one that one's played out. We, we've said before too that um, in some ways maybe Jack Antonoff is a little bit more critically acclaimed than uh, chart-wise success. So it could be some of that. Could be. Could could be. Uh... If we mention Katy Perry, I feel like to be very 2009, 2010, we got to talk about Lady Gaga. So uh, at the end of uh, 2016, the Joanne album came out, and you know, Perfect Illusion didn't. Uh, it was a top 15, hot 100 hit, but didn't have a long life at uh, radio or, or on, on a lot of charts. So, uh, you know, that was kind of in that that misfire category for 2016. But oh, talking about the Patriots again, they helped give Gaga success. A uh, million reasons she performed at the Super Bowl, gave some good luck to the Patriots. Had the comeback right after that, and she had her own comeback with a million reasons going to number four on the Hot 100, kind of revived that whole album. And that took uh, what was kind of a misfire, turned into a pretty big hit. Yeah, uh, I mean, and the Joanne album, I mean, again, it wasn't wasn't necessarily, I guess, designed to be a hit machine in the same way that maybe The Fame or or uh, Born This Way kind of had a little more commercial um, anticipation and, and, and delivery behind it. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I know people were obviously really expecting that. I mean, Gaga for the past couple of years had really set that up hugely with with the Oscars performance, singing the Star Spangled Banner uh, the year before at the Super Bowl. So there was a lot of you know a revived interest in her in in a way that that hadn't been before, winning the Golden Globe on top of that as well. Um, again, one of those albums that I think was was hugely personal for her and very important in terms of her personal development. Again, it's one of those ones I, I'm really interested to see where you go from that. Um, because I think, like I said, this was kind of a cathartic thing for her to, to name it after, you know, that's her 
middle name. Right. So you, you can tell how personal it is there. But I do wonder, you know, for Lady Gaga 6, I guess this will be her, her sixth album next up. You know, what 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 kind of direction does she go from from here? And, you know, is she anxious to recapture that? that or I guess really for all these artists, are they anxious to recapture it? Or as we've seen with somebody like Beyonce, is it, you know, now more, you know, that the commercial isn't as important as really the personal, the artistic or the, the visionary. And, you know, if it does well, great. If it doesn't, you don't have to. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the most interesting thing was uh, what came after Million Reasons, uh, the standalone single, The Cure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know a lot, that caught a lot of people by surprise too. Released that when she performed at Coachella, where it felt like, I mean, I know a lot of the, the pop heads and radio heads were, is she giving up on Joanne? What is is this an admission that it's not working? Is this something that she just really wanted to get out there? Um, it seems like like it was kind of the latter, but but yeah, one of those things too where the sound kind of just changed for this one single and. When she performed it at the American Music Awards, I thought was that was very interesting because the song had been out for about eight nine months, and I was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is this is still the song that she wanted to get out there. So I right. thought that was kind of a a telling choice as well. Yeah, you know, we were talking about uh, Greenlight, and I was saying how uh, maybe that was the song I picked uh, to be a huge hit that that kind of missed this year. I think on the opposite, uh, the Cure it was a hit. It, it hit the top forty. It just uh, dented the top forty on the Hot One Hundred, but kind of had a quick run but uh i listen to pop radio and adult radio i hear this song so much so this is kind of the reverse this is like the song that i think has outperformed its chart performance in 2017 you you hear it enough now that it feels like it might have been a, a number one hit during the year so you know that's one of the things about the charts we can we can look at uh, uh there's that sound like prince now there's the afterlife of how a song can can uh, perform afterwards and it feels like this is going to be one of those songs that we'll look back on as a much bigger hit than what it really was when it was up well and i really thought i really thought the song was going to be a bigger hit when it when it first came out yeah. i really thought okay this is you know if you didn't like the joanne if you thought you know you wanted sort of some old gaga this was i mean it wasn't maybe you know bouncy dance but it, it had a little more like like pop flair to it you could hear it performed also, the, you know, the trop, also and, the trap house sound. And I was going to say exactly that, to the yeah. point where, you know, maybe it's one of those things where if the song had been out, you know, six, 12 months earlier, things could have been different. But um, I mean, again, that to me, probably the best example this year of a song that, you know, just missed that moving target by maybe this much. And, and that makes all the difference. And, you know, we're talking about artists uh, going uh, nine years between number one. So, yeah, just just to go back to Katy Perry. If she didn't have a huge uh, number one hits on this album. There's the next album. You never know. Comebacks are always a song away. You know, and that's one thing we love is, I mean, as much as people love, you know, a good misfire story in terms of, ah, I knew you couldn't keep it up. We, as music fans, love a good comeback story as well. So uh, we'll see maybe in 2018 if some of these artists, you know, get back on some of the footing that they were on before. Or if there's somebody else, you know, who we think we've forgotten about who comes back and, and owns the year. Yeah. Is there anyone just off the top of your head who you think? Could uh, someone maybe not is on our radar? Could have a huge 2018. Well, I'm trying to think of who's due for an album next year, and I'm I can't quite. I mean, I guess there's rumors Beyonce might be out. 
I'm trying to think of people who like haven't put out an album since 2014, 15. They're kind of always the question marks, like, okay, you know, what's up with the Iggy album? It seems like Selena Gomez probably is gearing up for one. Her last one came in 2015. Maybe Rihanna. Her last one came out in 2016, the top of 2016. So it's been, it'll be uh, about two years and a couple months. Um, Bieber. It's not been a couple years from Bieber. 2015 will be, yeah. yeah. I think there's rumors of Ariana Grande's back working. We know basically Sean Mendez will be out with a new one. Um, but I'm not. I, 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 maybe Selena will be the most interesting one to watch. Just but then, but, you know, but then we talk about stuff like Despacito, and it could be. You know, we, we if we could look uh, a year from now, what the top ten songs of next year are. There might be artists we've never heard of on there. Cardi B, we wouldn't have known a year ago. No, we wouldn't. I mean, I don't think anyone would guess Post Malone would be as huge as he is this year. And I mean, everybody, everything, of course, from the internet. You know, the internet gave us Black Beatles, Bad and Bougie, Gucci Gang. Um, I mean, it's Post Malone, all these things this year. I mean, there probably are going to be a whole slew of names next year. We're going to say, what is a little, you know, little dark demon, What you know, whoever. And we're going to say it's the hottest. That, okay, you know what? I just made that up. Okay, if I had said, but if I had said Lil Uzi Vert last year, y'all looked at me like, hey, hey. And now if I say Lil Uzi Vert, you know, it, he's the new artist of the year. Is it Little Dark Demon or Lil Dark Demon? I want to make sure Oh, we it's got to it right. be, oh, it's, yeah, always L-I-L. All right. Yeah. All right, now, of course, every week we try and bring you guys what's going on in the Hot 100, what what objectively the data is showing are the hottest songs, hottest trends out there. But uh, how about one time, Gary, just for a special special segment on the year in edition, we give our own personal takes. No we're, charts, no no numbers, no no anything. We're allowed to have opinions? Yeah, just I know we, we keep them kind of repressed for, for a while, but uh, forgetting whether it's a hit, a flop, an in-between, what are some of your favorite should we, we do song? We, yeah. We'll, do, we'll talk about song. Okay. What's your favorite song that you've heard in 2017? Yeah, well, here's what it might you know, kind of be funny. You know, we, we talk about Ed Sheeran. We talk about Taylor Swift, Cardi B, all, all these artists who, who are just the biggest pop acts of the year. But personally, uh, I also manage our Americana Folk Albums chart. So that's kind of where a lot of my tastes... No, I mean probably the most like distant chart. Like, yeah. If you had to put the like the charts in like a room together, the Hot 100 is pro- of course in the center, and like the Americana Folk Albums chart is like way in the corner. Be the, the the hipster crowd hanging, hanging out, out by, fight fight cell. Is it is it even hipster? Some of it. I, 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 hipsters are the vinyl albums chart. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, if we're going to get really specific, a pop folk is kind of where some of the more melodic, uh, poppy kind of folk. But um, yeah, no, that's very that's, far away from the rhythmic section, in case you can tell. Uh, so uh, it's one of the cool things. So, so every week, even the way we, we do uh, these charts is you know, we get a list of, of albums that, that came out uh, during the week. And uh, we, we make sure uh, sonically, uh, Trevor, you do the R&B hip-hop charts. We want to make sure that uh, this album should be on this chart. And so, so I, I flag the folk stuff. And it, what I love about doing my favorite thing about managing that chart is uh, I might just hear something for the first time that I've never heard and might become uh, one of my favorites. So I still remember uh, it was a Saturday night. I got an email. Uh, these uh, Here's the new stuff to listen to for this week. Uh, I put on this album, and I just instantly loved one of the songs on it. Turns out they're a hometown a Boston band who, who I've now seen in concert. I just think they're so great. So let's give them a little plug here. Uh, it's my favorite song of the year. One of my favorite songs of really the last several years. Group out of Boston uh, called The Novel Ideas. It's my favorite song of the year. We'll clip the song called Old Ways. Wasn't it nice to know?
folk stuff from you? Same thing? Um, no, there will be no folk things from me. Um, unfortunately, I, I guess I kind of lean towards uh, more of the commercial. Gary and I are not going to be in the same spot in this room at all. I'm going to be a little more towards the center. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait from a distance. Um, I have to say, and, and I know there's a lot of like, I guess you always kind of feel kind of lame if like a commercial hit is like your favorite song of the year because, you know, there's like this is feeling like, oh, you didn't explore deep enough or you just, you know, whatever. Um, I'll give a, I guess I'll give a couple shout outs. Um, we don't, some of these we're going to, some of these we, we have heard many times on this countdown. Some of these we're going to hear again coming up in a few seconds. Uh, so I'll give a, we don't have to hear them right now, but I'll give a shout out to Bodak Yellow because I think it was just such a fun like just a fun song that to me is by far the song that if you just want to walk down the street and just mouth off some words that is just a fun 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 song and that's a song i think people are you know regardless of what happens to cardi's career i mean that's song you play in 10 12 years play it anywhere play it outside people are gonna just you know jump in with their favorite lines this and that um same thing kind of with humble i, I just love, i love humble there's something just so so cool about it and so um i don't know i don't even know I, there's something i just love about it's hard for me to kind i think of it's, it's that, it. that the 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 track because even i i like that song too i i think it's it's that instrumental track that just kind the of, instrumental is yes the right? instrumental seals the deal yeah and 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 just yeah i, I think that the, the little yeah yeah i can that. come over to your side of the room so I'll you can you that. can wave yeah you, and you explain that much better than i could <laughs> Um, also I'll give a shout out to SZA, who, who was really one of the biggest, uh, breakthroughs of this year, nominated for five Grammys and most of any woman this year. So that, that's a huge thing. And for somebody who didn't quite get, I mean, she had commercial success. Um, I mean, the album was, was a top five album and, and the song's done well on, on the R&B panel, but hasn't quite hit that ubiquitous crossover level. I think she's still kind of considered one of those alt underground, you know, not really fully realized stars so i hope she gets some more shout out too uh, for me the song is the weekend there's something that, that that kind of is fun with that wordplay she turns it on its head and makes it to where you know it's not a question of you know me versus her versus it's just this is how we're going to have this arrangement and this is how it's going to be and i don't have to worry about that my man is my man is your man her that's her man tuesday and wednesday thursday and friday i just keep him satisfied through All right, we want to thank you guys uh, every week for being such loyal listeners to the podcast. Um, I mean, you guys have been tuning in. You guys give great feedback. Uh, leave nice reviews for us. Of course, tweet us your, your, your thoughts and everything. We always appreciate that. We, of course, also want to give a huge shout out not only to, to, to the listeners, but to the people who also make it happen behind the scenes. Our incredible team here that we have at Billboard.com on the video staff. Um, we will have a couple more podcasts this year, so we're not we're not done yet. But this will be the moment we give um, our thanks to so many people, including Melissa and Joey, Kate, Justin, Rebecca, and Yemi. Yemi, who is here right now. Thank you, Yemi, for all your work this year. My pleasure. <laughs> uh, and a special shout out, special, special, special shout out to our friend Ryan, who mixes this all together and makes this sound uh, perfect and seamless for you guys each and every week. So a uh, huge thanks to Ryan for all his work. 
Um, and one more treat for you guys listening out there. Um, as you have stuck with us every week through this year, counting down the Hot 100, um, surviving through <laughs> – Not surviving. Surviving. <laughs> uh, Running through everybody from from Ed through Bruno. This has been the year of Kendrick, and of course Despacito taking over this summer. DJ Khaled, right up there. Cardi B, Taylor Swift making her return post Malone, and now once again Ed Sheeran with Beyonce. This time around, we want to leave you guys with the ultimate Hot 100 experience for 2017. A countdown of the entire chart for the year in from 100 to one yeah you can you can follow along uh, on billboard.com if you want or just just listen it's gonna be about uh, 15 16 minutes just just uh, i think as you hear each one i'll kind of be like oh that's right they had a huge hit this year and just all the variety and, and as we said some of the acts who, who came back some of them uh, who were new this year this this is what 2017 sounded like all right so sit back strap in relax here we go 2017 the biggest top 100 hits of the year from 100 all the way to one coming at you right now Can't keep my dick in my pants, ayy My bitch don't love me no more, ayy She kick me out on life, bro, ayy That bitch don't wanna be friends, ayy I give her this, she I'm mad Nobody gave me a loan. And she loves a small town boy like me. She's my ride or baby. She's cool, she's my crazy. She's my laid back in the front seat. A trapper, baby. I rock what I own on my masters, baby. It's tragic, baby. I pull up and fuck up the traffic, baby. A savage, baby. I know I can treat you better than he can. And any girl like you deserves a gentleman.
hoes, rake it up, break it down, bag it up. I tell down the mile with the bitch. For real. You can't even talk to the bitch. Nah. She fucking with bosses and shit. Okay. Oh Thank you, girl. Baby, you so
for you, that's what I like. That's what I like. Lucky for you, that's what I like. That's what I like. Search by the fire tonight. Despacito. Quiero respirar tu fuego despacito. Deja que te diga cosas al oído. Para que te acuerdes si no estás conmigo. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 